Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. For the last time. Oh, for the last time. (laughs) Okay, all right, all right. Okay. I didn't know you were going to go that route, but I'm in a good mood. It's my last show. So, you know, good point. That's a good point. Yeah. How are you? How are you feeling? Are you excited to be that this is your final show? Are you a little sad? Is it bittersweet? Well, it's so funny because we were talking about this. I think, I think before campus, we recorded campus life this week and I was saying how I'm looking forward to having Thursdays with no recording again. You're like, well, don't we start doing the summer series, like the conference previews <laughs> yeah. in July? And it took me a second and I was like, oh no. For anybody, <laughs> any new listeners, we don't do Canton Bound through like like the six weeks leading up to the college football season or whatever. Both shows are college and we preview all of the conferences, <laughs> one conference per show. So um, that was really the part I was looking forward to. And then once the season comes around, I'm doing... Well, now that I was doing, for the most part, six shows a week. Um, so now I've, I'll probably be doing fewer, but maybe not. We've got some other commitments that we're hashing out other places. So um, I was really hoping to get down to, you know, two nights a week and then in season, you know, a little less. But here we are. Here we are. So I did, that is not off the plate yet. Just when you thought you were out, we pull they you pull back, in. back in. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I had just thought about that too when we talked about that last week. Um, so we'll have to. Those are fun shows, though. We have a, a guest on every single one, and they just do like we have like three questions for them at the beginning of the show, um, and we have them answer. It's like a ten or fifteen minute segment, and those are always really fun. We actually don't have a lot of those scheduled yet. I think we have one or two, mm-hmm. so we'll have to figure those out. But they're also not time sensitive. We can pre-record those and slap them on the beginning and uh, go from there. So. Um... If you're a if you're a Debbie writer out there and you're angling to come on for one of those shows, DM us and let us know. We usually don't accept invites on the like we don't we do not accept people DMing us and asking if they can come on the show ever. But for this, if you'd like to, let us know. We'll have you come on and just do the the 10 minute segment with us and get uh, mm-hmm. some eyeballs on on whatever work you've got going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this is your final show. Like we said, your final Canton Bound show. So I thought it was only fitting to do our predictions. Um, oh, God, because I've done so well on them the past two years. Uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. I need to get these predictions in for twenty twenty oh, no. for the 2023 season since this is your last one. That way, when you're gone, me and whoever else can just roast you. Um, because I know once you're no longer on the show, you'll never listen to it again. Actually, I probably have a greater chance of listening to it once I'm not on it. Oh, anymore. really? Yeah. I listen to it when I'm not here, usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Um, I listen to all of our shows. Mm-hmm. I don't really listen to Canton Bound that much when I'm on it. But I do listen to Campus Life every week. I got to keep my Spotify minutes up so that I can beat you this year Good on luck. the most, most minutes listened to uh, uh, category. I've, last year, I was splitting time on Apple. or uh, Yeah, Apple. Uh, I uh, uh, podcasts and, and Spotify mm-hmm. and I'm consolidating. I'm going to beat you this year. I'm going to beat you. Good luck. That's all I got to say. And you if anybody to... else out there thinks that they can listen, they listen to more campus to Canton than either of us. 
So last year, nobody beat me. Nobody You'll get a nice listen. prize if you uh -huh. can beat us at the end of the year. A very uh -huh. nice prize. When yes. the Spotify wrapped comes out, yes. we'll talk about it more then. Um, but yeah, this show, wanted to talk about some predictions for 2023. But I also wanted to highlight, this was mostly to highlight you, but I can't throw you totally under the bus. <laughs> so highlight our best and worst calls or most right we've ever been about a player. Uh, and then we'll give you parting wisdom as you head out the door on your way out. I wish I would have. So Colin, as we've discussed on the show many times recently, has been really good about giving me the show sheet about four minutes before we tip off. Uh, you you <laughs> actually sent it to me last night and now I uh -huh. was asleep and I turned off notifications. So I didn't get it till this morning. But I mm -hmm. wish I had checked it this morning because I probably would have written a like a parting shot like we sometimes mm -hmm. do at the end of debbie debate i really really like writing those um they're a lot of fun so but alas i'll think of something uh, as we're sitting here talking well you know we can if you come up with something post show you can always edit it in that's true that's true we've got the power we do we do uh but yeah that was why i wanted to get you this show sheet in advance i was like this is actually one that might require some you know some some deep thought and you know especially that last segment but we'll see we'll see when we get there uh but before we get into the the meat of the show here uh we have a couple housekeeping items uh go over and check out our parent website campus2canton.com uh off season but there's never an off season for us cranking out articles at all times constantly putting out new content if you are a member of the collective uh, the NIL, and you listen to the collective podcast, the NIL only podcast, you know something's coming, but something's coming for those of you who don't know. We're very excited about that. So check out the website over there. The CFF Guide releases this Saturday, July 1st at midnight. If you've pre-ordered your copy, it's going to be in your inbox at midnight. If you haven't pre-ordered yet, there is still time. Uh, and if you're an NIL yearly member, or a grandfather member, you will also receive an email at midnight on July 1st with instructions for how to claim your free guide. Um, but it's going to be available post midnight, Saturday, July 1st for $20. Head over there, check that out as well. Lastly, most importantly, Home Field Apparel. We have a partnership with them, as I'm sure you're aware by now. The promo code CAMPUS, the number two, Canton, for 15% off of your orders. If you do order something over there, send us a screenshot. We have gotten a couple lately, but we are running a contest right now where uh, anybody who sends us a screenshot is entered into a, of us, of them using the code CAMPUS to Canton. They're entered into a contest to win all three of our guides. If you're an NIL member and you already have all three of the guides, uh, you will be entered in to win a jersey. So use the code, get 15% off, and get some free stuff from us too. Never been a better time to head over to Home Field Apparel. You can enter more than once. That is a good point. You can, as we have talked about, creating email addresses, logging in multiple times, placing a couple different orders. Secret safe with us. Yep. We won't tell. Yep. Uh, and apologies to Justice. Uh, you are not eligible, unfortunately, for the for the drawing. But 
And neither is anybody else who who works with us at Campus to Can. But you guys can all still use the promo code too. Uh, all right, into the show here. We'll start out on a high note. The best prediction that you've ever made in Dynasty, the best call you've ever had, the most right you have ever been about a player. What say you, Austin? Yeah, you asked for one, and I wrote down three, which was very that's, me. That's totally uh, fine. Honorable mention, I, I was a really big A.J. Brown fan coming out. I had him as the wide receiver one in his class. I yes. have a lot of A.J. Brown. Um, but the ones that I wrote down here, um, so I initially was only in two dynasty leagues for like three or four years, and then just everything spiraled out of control. As it does. Um, Back in the day, uh, when Mahomes was a rookie, I drafted him in every single league that I was in. I I, I liked him a lot, um, and so by virtue of that, I, I still have a lot of Mahomes. Uh, I picked up Austin Eckler uh, in training camp his rookie year, and I think every league that I was in at the time, again, like two or three, because uh, he got some pretty good reviews, and that worked out really, really well. Uh, even though I think I sold him in all those leagues, like maybe a year or two in, but I mean, it got I got quite a bit out of him. Um, and then Stefan Diggs was one of my favorite wide receivers in his class back in the day. Um, took him in uh, both rookie drafts that he was in and uh, obviously won at least one ship because of him. So um, I think those are my three. They're all kind of throwbacks a little bit, you know, five plus years. But those are all ones that I look back on fondly and th just think about all the value that I got out of them and it uh and, and and championships and money so mm -hmm. you know that's where really what we want championships and money i remember you were uh also on tyree kill pretty early as well i mean obviously like nobody was really on him when he came out but when they started making some noise in training camp and towards the beginning of the season i remember you picked him up so and a, a funny story about that so i picked up tyree tyree kill came out the year before patrick mahomes did i believe mm -hmm. i believe his rookie year was the year before mahomes rookie year and in our home league dynasty league i uh mahomes fell to the second round actually yeah in that draft and i had tyree kill and i traded tyree kill this guy had like he had like the two five and the two six or something and i traded hill for both of those picks with the intent and took mahomes and my so my thought process was well if Mahomes and like Hill probably won't be that good unless Mahomes ends up being really, really good. And if Mahomes ends up being really, really good, then I don't care that I traded away the wide receiver because I get the quarterback. Um, so like funnily enough, like, and then it ended up obviously working out. Um, and the other guy got, you know, Tyree kill out of it. So I don't think he can yeah. play either. Um, but yeah, so I, that, I, I, I turned him into that in the other league. And then the other one I had him in, I, I, uh, I still have him in that league. I have, him, Mahomes, and Kelsey. I have a, a triple stack over there with Kansas City guys. Well, Hill left, but yeah. Um, my the most right I've ever been about a player was Lamar Jackson. He was he was my QB two in that class. Uh, I was a big fan of his. Who was um, your QB one? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, my my Lamar Jackson was my QB two in that class uh i was a big fan of his i thought the passing concerns with him were largely overblown at that point i mean he's not a phenomenal passer but i knew he would be functional and then just that insane athleticism you know i mean i think the difference between him and anthony richardson was we saw it from lamar jackson for what, three years so like mm -hmm. i didn't have as many question marks with lamar like i kind of knew what player he was coming in 
with Anthony Richardson, it was and still is a little bit more projection. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up with a lot of Lamar Jackson. So I was, that's probably the most right I've been. That's a good call. That's a good call. Thanks. Thanks. And uh, not that he needs it, but um, Ben Solak at that point in time was putting out the conceptualizing quarterbacks. Uh, it's like a, just a random PDF guide. I remember I, I got that. I think it was like five bucks um, just because I wanted to see where he had Lamar. He had him decently high, but I was higher. So take that. Ben, ben Solak. He's the best. I did too. <laughs> I did too. I liked a lot of his stuff early on. Um, all right. You, boy, are, you, are you saying that you hate him now? I don't what listen. You implied. Or, I don't listen or follow anything he does now. Um, wow. He's at the the Ringer, right? I think he's at the Ringer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't specifically Ringer. seek his stuff out, but I follow him, and so occasionally he pops up on my feed, yeah. and I I usually get something out of whatever he's saying. Yeah. Oh yeah, super smart guy. Like I still like his stuff. I just don't consume a lot of Ringer content. They're super hit or miss. Mm -hmm. I like some of their stuff. Um, I really actually just can't stand. Bill Simmons. I, mm. That's the realization that I came to after a while. I was like, wow, Bill Simmons is a jerk off, but all these other guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> Their pop culture stuff that they do. They did one last year that was like uh, a countdown of like the greatest like emo songs and bands from like the Ooh. late 90s, early 2000s. It was such a good series. Yeah, they do stuff like that all the time. You're like, this is really, really awesome. And then, um, then they just, you know, Bill Simmons goes on a pod and talks about why the Celtics are the best thing since sliced bread for the 1000th time this week. And it's uh, a little, little old, but yeah, um, I, yeah they've, they've got some good people over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I, two guys in my office really like um, the ringer and Bill Simmons. They also like their, their pop culture stuff too. They're big like movie guys. So they listen to that. They talk about that a lot too. They do a lot of like TV show stuff, which I, I yeah. so I'm not a big movie guy, but I do watch like a ton of t like good TV shows. So I do like checking in on them, especially like in season, they'll do. Um, oh, what's the show right now that they're doing it for? Um, I for, but they do it for like Game of Thrones when that was going mm -hmm. on, and and like they'll it's like a weekly like you know. Did they do Succession? Good or bad? I think they did Succession. I actually haven't finished the final season of Succession yet, <gasps> so I know, oh. I know, I need to. I'm like three episodes you in, do. and I just haven't quite. I feel like I'm dragging my feet on it because I don't want it to end. Mm. So I've been a big succession fan. Like I've watched it when it first came out. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've, 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 I've liked it for a long time. So I, yeah, I don't want it to end. Yeah. I'm a, I, I was a big fan of succession. I, I have thoughts on the ending. Mostly good. I know who ends up like being the guy, sadly. Ah. You can't make it this far, like this long out of it and not expect to be. Yeah. Um, tripped up, which is why, <laughs> but this show is not going to be about NFL at all tonight. Uh, when uh, <laughs> Avengers Endgame came out, I couldn't go see it the night of, and then Shady McCoy went online uh, and was yeah. being a dick, and he ruined it. So I got, I legit got up before work and went to like a five a.m. showing on that Friday because <laughs> Shady had already had, ruined that part of it, and I was like, showings at five a.m. I think they were showing it like 24 seven for like the first two weeks or whatever it was out. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm in a major city, so that, that helps yeah, too. Um, but so I, I, I went at 5 a.m. before I got up and told, I told Kelsey I was going into work early, which I mean, it wasn't necessarily a lie and went and watched the movie. <laughs> it was The whole place was packed. It was the greatest theater experience I've ever had in my life. At 5 a.m. Wow. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Okay. So I didn't want to have any more spoilers, man. Yeah, that's fair. I get that. I still hate Shady McCoy for that. I, 
I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Shady McCoy because when I was in college at, at Lebanon Valley, um, he, well, he's from like the Harrisburg, yeah. Pennsylvania area. He actually came to our college and was working out there. So like I saw, like you couldn't go in and, and like say anything to him. Like they had like it blocked off and everything. But uh, I saw him through the window. He's one of the few pit alums that I just hate. That's fair. Yeah, he I ruined Avengers yeah. Endgame. So. Plus, he's apparently in real life, he's just a jerk. I don't know anything about doesn't that. Doesn't tip but... and like just in general is not a nice dude. Mm. I see. Probably doesn't put his shopping cart back. Mm. You know. Uh, one of the worst. Uh, all right, back back on track here. We talked about our best call, best prediction. What's the worst call or prediction you've ever made or the most wrong you've ever been about a player? I said we should have we should have uh, written each other's answers down for this because I think we would have uh, we remember each other's uh, misses probably a lot more than our own. Um, but we both we both said that these were correct. Mine's mm-hmm. definitely Jalen Hurts. Uh, even as far as going into last year, I definitely was not a fan of his at all. Um, yeah. I didn't even think the arm was like strong enough to to really do a lot like defenses going into last year could just play a bunch of guys in the box. And as long as you didn't let anybody get deep on you, they, the Eagles couldn't move the ball at all. They were there were, and, and Hertz really, really struggled. He really improved um, from his Alabama days to, well, I don't think he was better at Oklahoma personally. I still don't think he played that well there, um, but he's definitely grown in the NFL. And I mean, I've got him in my C200, I don't know, my QB four, I think five, maybe at worst. So, I mean, I've, I've obviously, um, you know, admitted defeat on that one um so that that's my biggest miss for sure i can't even think of any that really come close to it except we were saying before the show like i had josh allen and lamar fourth and fifth in that class but i still had them graded really really highly like it wasn't like i thought they were bums um uh, jerry judy wide receiver one that could be wrong but i'm pretty sure we had lamb two and then jefferson three so that still wasn't bad um those are really kind of the ones that would have that would have gotten us. I can't I can't really think of any other ones. Yeah, uh, I mean I'm I'm with you on the Jalen Hurts one. Like I was pretty wrong on that too. Um, I was pretty low on Josh Allen. I had him QB five in that class, and I did not have him graded all that highly. I I mean I like the tools, but he was just so erratic at Wyoming. I still don't really think that's a miss. Like. We still have never seen anybody do what he did. And I really don't think we'll ever see anybody do it again. Like just incredible. Just yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, but my worst call, the most wrong I've ever been on a player is is pretty obvious. And, and you brought it up because I had somebody else on the sheet. I had Josh Allen, but um, I had Josh Rosen QB one in that draft class. Lamar Jackson two, Josh Rosen QB one. I was a big Josh Rosen guy. Um, I thought he was, he was really good. I thought he was accurate as a passer. I thought he could, would function really well in like an NFL pro style offense. thought he had a good arm. Um, I know there were rumors that came out too about him. Like, you know, the whole hot tub thing in his dorm room and (laughs) the whole hot tub thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There were, you know, just kind of rumors about him being like a little stuck up and, you know, not like a, nobody came to his birthday party kind of a deal. Um, I ignored those. And then, you know, he didn't do great in, uh, in 
Arizona, but that whole team was an absolute dumpster fire that year. So I was like, well, we'll give him a pass. And then, you know, they they brought in Cliff Kingsbury and they draft Kyler Murray. And I'm like, all right, well, that's not his fault. It goes to Miami. I'm like, okay, we can maybe do something here. This team's not great either. And then just just never worked. So I was not only did I have him QB one, I was I did not move off of him for a while. I was going to say, for the record, it's not the QB one that I think is egregious. It's the fact that you were buying him for years after. I'm pretty sure every league that I was in with you, I had Josh. Oh, I did. Well, he was way or another. I know he was turned free free after two or three years. But yeah, yeah, I uh, that's that was definitely a miss on my end. But one of the things I learned from that was not to overrate working within structure and pocket presence uh, or, or like pocket passers as a quarterback. Um, the NFL at that point had started to move away from that type of a passer. Uh, and they've only really continued to trend in that other direction. And, you know, now you have to be able to create outside of structure. And, you know, as much as I liked Rosen, I didn't think he did that well. Um, I thought he operated well inside of structure, but lessons learned. Watch. You'd watched Matt Ryan for the past decade, so that's a good uh, point. You know that was you, yeah. You were you were all in on that style of quarterback yeah. from that point on. That was my barometer. Yeah, yeah. So swing and a miss on that one for me. Uh, into predictions for 2023. Like I said, we have to we have to get your predictions for this upcoming year. We do them every year. Plus, you know, then I can roast you whenever you're wrong. They're um, always wrong. My predictions on this show are so bad every year for the NFL. So bad every single I, year. Yeah, maybe that's that. Maybe that's what I'll do as an outro. Is I'll just go find those and and clip a couple <laughs> oh, of them. <laughs> and Andre put... Swift, this is his year, baby. <laughs> I'll go clip those. Um, no, so 2023, we'll start just from a team level. Who do you think wins the Super Bowl in 2023? Yeah, I think this is kind of a chalky answer, but I'll just take Philly. I'll take the Eagles. I don't think that they have gotten any worse from where they were last year. I'm not sure how much better they've gotten. I think their draft class is slightly overblown, but I do still think they are a really well-rounded roster that can survive injuries to most positions. I mean, they're very, very deep, which I think is obviously critical, especially if you're going to try to make a run by the time everybody gets to the Super Bowl, they're all banged up. So... And I still like I still think Kansas City is the team to make it through the A or the team to beat at least in the AFC. But I just think Philly this year with another year of experience for some of those guys, I think it'll be I think they'll be a little more reliable running the ball too, which I think will help a little bit. Um, because they really put that whole kind of game on Jalen Hurts' shoulders last year in the Super Bowl, which I mean it's a Super Bowl. Like at some point, if you're gonna win it, you're probably gonna have to put it on your quarterback's shoulders and say, Go get them. That's why they win MVP so much. Um, but I, I think that with a little boosted running game, I think they'll be a little more well-rounded, and I think they'll uh, bring it home this year, uh, finally. All right. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't disagree with that. I think that they are, like you said, they're not worse than last year. They're maybe a, a smidge better, but they are deep. The uh, NFC my, stinks too, which also yeah. helps. Like there's San Fran there who, you know, we'll see what they do at quarterback and uh, whatever else they've got going on. But I, I, there's really nobody else beyond those two teams. Like it's Tampa's it's pretty easy sailing. Off. The Rams yeah. have fallen off. 
Seahawks, maybe. I mean, they got some Packers just fell off without Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, I don't even know who the next best team is. Is it Dallas? Is Dallas the next could be Dallas? I think it's either Dallas or Seattle if I had to pick two. And like those aren't great teams. That tells you everything you need to know, right? While you know, but while your pick Buffalo like might not even make the playoffs, like in the AFC, bro, the AFC so good. We're just spoiling the show sheet left Sorry. and right here. And you're I'm just laughing. I'm leading you right into it so you don't have to go back to the meat of this. I'm trying to lead you in a little more naturally. You're welcome. And there's a difference between leading me into it and smacking me in the face with it. I'm sorry. But I digress. Yeah, my pick for Super Bowl winner this year is Buffalo. Now, I do think they're going to have a tough road. Uh, they get Miami, who I think Miami is going to be a good team. New England's always competent. Uh, the Jets will be better this year, too. So they play in a tough division. The AFC as a whole is going to be a bloodbath. Um, I think the Ravens are going to be better this year. I think the Steelers are going to be better this year. You still have the Bengals who are going to be good. The Broncos are going to be better this year. And then you have the Chiefs and the Chargers out there, too. There's a lot of really good teams in the AFC. So they have their work cut out for them. But I just think Buffalo has a lot of really good pieces there. They're starting to get some other pieces. I shouldn't say starting because they had Diggs. Gabe Davis is fine. But Khalil Shakir took a little bit of a step at the end of the year. I think he's a really nice complimentary player. They had Dalton Kincaid to go with Dawson Knox. I think both of those guys give Allen some solid weapons. Um, they bring in Damian Harris, who's a little bit more of a, a thumper to kind of go with some James Cook. They they have some, they don't have too many studs, but they also don't have too many holes. And I think they're pretty a deep team as well. So I think this is finally the year Buffalo puts it together. I'm not even like the world's biggest Josh Allen fan. Like I'm not like a Buffalo fan, but man, I just, I want to see him win it. I like the city of Buffalo. I like those fans. They're just, they're crazy, but they're like the good crazy. Whereas Philly is crazy. They are not nice people. Yeah, and Philly's not I'm necessarily. Sorry. Yeah. I uh I, I lived I don't, there for a couple years, so I can I don't root for Philly because of our friend Pat, who I just like watching suffer. Oh, you mean Buffalo? Um, sorry, Buffalo. Yeah. 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 So um, <laughs> I root against Philly because of our other friend Colby. But yes, um I I, I uh I, I can't root for, for the Bills. That's their fans are a little much. I, I, I jumping through tables is it's not hurting anybody except themselves. It's fine. It's a little much, Colin. So I think this is the year Buffalo puts it together. Moving into MVP. And I'm just going to take this one first because this is just natural. I think if Buffalo makes it to the Super Bowl and they have that kind of a year, it's going to be Josh Allen that wins MVP. So I have Josh Allen as my pick here for MVP. I mean, he's been close couple of years he's been in the conversation and i think this is finally the year where he's gonna put it over the top and i think buffalo like i said is gonna be really good and a lot of it's it's gonna be on his shoulders so josh allen my pick for mvp well look at you correlating those two together so i'm i'm gonna pick patrick mahomes i still think until it's proven otherwise that he's the guy to go through i don't they didn't really add anybody i mean they added rasheed rice and there's rumors, whatever, that Sky Moore has looked better. I, I'll believe it when I see it. Kadarius Tony. So I still think this offense, like they're not set up where they can do anything to shift away from Mahomes, like essentially no. carrying them. So 
and I still think the Chiefs are going to be good. So when, like I said, with with Philly, I think one of their big things in terms of winning the Super Bowl is going to be that improved running game. Whereas Kansas City hasn't added any backs, like it's still going to be Pacheco, Ceh, and um, uh, Jerick McKinnon is like their their trio. I mean, there's no real world beaters there. Generic Prince, dude. Oh, they have Denaric Prince. I didn't even know that. Is he playing running back for them too? <laughs> yeah. He's kind of an RB wide receiver hybrid, right? Am I imagining <laughs> that, or is that somebody else? I mean, I, I don't know if I necessarily know if I'd call him a hybrid. I think you know he's all right, but I, I wouldn't have thought he was a hybrid. Oh, but yes, he's he... going to be playing running back for them. Okay, so um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think Mahone that the situation is just set up for him, and I don't think there's any fatigue because I think no matter what he does at least like Peyton Manning was like boring, you know, even though he was passing for 4,800 yards and 45 touchdowns every single year, it was super boring. He would just go to the line of scrimmage. He'd check out of whatever he'd make you look like stupid. And you'd have a guy running wide open. Like that's not sexy. Patrick Mahomes. I have two guys hanging off of him, and he switches the ball to his left hand and flings it 30 yards down the sideline directly into somebody. You know, it's just, he always has a number of those plays, those kind of, Heisman moment plays mm-hmm. that we don't really see in the NFL that much because it's just a different, it's not quite as narrative driven. Um, and I think Mahomes just always finds a way to pull a couple of those out. So I still think until proven otherwise, he's the MVP every year. And I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up with a hand, like more than a handful of them, really. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me either. I, I do think there is getting to be a little bit of Mahomes fatigue. Um, now that Brady's out of the league, I mean, he's like Mahomes is kind of like the face of it. He's and the people, boat, right? The boat, the best he's of prob- all time. He, he's probably not the he's probably not the goat, but I think he's the boat. Would you agree? <laughs> um, yeah, he's if he's not there yet, I think it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty obvious at this point, but. I get. I mean, who else would you argue? I don't know. I mean, I feel like you could go in a number of different directions. You could go like older, and you could go with like guys like Marino, guys like Elway, some of those types of guys. You could go Peyton Manning. I think there's arguments for other players. I think at this point, he, I think he's trending that way, and he'll probably end up there. But if he stopped playing tomorrow, I don't think I would call him the boat. Yeah, I think he's. That's why you have the boat and the goat. He's the boat, <laughs> not the goat. <laughs> it's going to be hard for anybody to 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 be the goat. I mean, so, if so anybody does it, though, it'll be Mahomes. Here's the thing about Mahomes is that I don't think he has to win as many Super Bowls as Brady to be considered the goat because he'll have the boat. <laughs> and Brady. I don't I, maybe people have just changed their minds on that a little bit once he got away from Belichick and still had that little run with Tampa. But I don't think I ever really considered Brady the boat ever. I still think Peyton at his at his top top was probably a little bit better than him. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an argument to be made for guys like Rogers, quite frankly, his best seasons yeah. might have been slightly better than his. And then, yeah, you can talk Marino and, and Elway and those guys. Um, but I think if Mahomes wins four. Andy has the boat. I think he's that that just turns him into the goat too. And I'm really having fun talking about the boat. I, the I, oh, I can so, tell you're having so much like fun. Like the cat in the, 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 the boat yeah. and the goat. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think he can end up being both without matching the quite the accomplishments that, that Brady has on a long term scale. Because uh, let's be let's be realistic. 
I don't think there's a lot of guys that have the uh, interest in playing as long as he de- did, even if you can. Yeah. And you can say, well, that's what made him the goat. He wanted to play so long. But like, I'd, if Mahomes gets to 40, he doesn't want to play anymore. So he finishes a few yards short. And, you know, I think he, he'll probably get close, though, statistically, yeah. even if he doesn't play as many years because he's just been better. Boat. He's just the but boat. It's the boat. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that's fair uh all right into rookie of the year who did you pick as your rookie of the year so at the risk of doing exactly what i did a couple shows ago on campus life um but i will never be on this show again this is might be the worst answer you've ever given on this show i know i, I knew you would say that um i but have I, yeah, uh, you go I, first this this is bad i think Oh, okay. Okay. You yeah, want, you, you go. Want me to you go. go yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's your answer? Okay. My answer is Devin Achain. I think Devin Achain is going to be the rookie of the year. And I will tell you why. So, first of all, he's in the perfect system in, in Miami. Um, I think that system is going to really accentuate his uh, outside zone schemes going to accentuate his speed um, but Miami running backs last year combined 335 carries 1500 yards 10 touchdowns 113 targets they were the second lowest in rush attempts per game last year with 22.8 Miami's three-year average is 26.3 San Francisco's three-year average and San Francisco is where head coach Mike uh, McDaniel comes from uh, he came from that Shanahan tree. So I expect this system to kind of mirror that a little bit more. San Francisco's three-year average is 29.7 rush attempts per game. Um, So even if you take Miami's three-year average and you add 3.5 rush attempts per game to that, that gives them 59 more rush attempts per year. That gets them just under 400 attempts. If Devin Achen gets 40% of those, is it 40%? Is that reasonable? I don't know because they might sign Dalvin Cook, which is why I'm really skeptical that this is where the direction. Well, okay, so today they don't have Dalvin Cook, and that's under the assumption that that's the assumption I'm operating under right now. But Sands Dalvin Cook, forty percent. Does that seem reasonable? Forty percent of their volume. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, somewhere in thirty-five to forty percent range seems fair. Okay, so I think 40% is fairly conservative, personally, because I'm not overly inspired by a lot of their um, other options there. They have Raheem Mostert, who has struggled to stay healthy. They have Jeff 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 Wilson, Wilson. but I mean, love me some Jeff Wilson. I I don't know, like he's fine, but I I don't know. I don't really think he's anything special either. I think Achain has an opportunity to be uh, like to be the best running back in that backfield. But so let's say he gets 40% of the touches. That's 157 carries and 45 targets. That's 202 opportunities. Um, If he gets 50%, it's 197 carries, 56 targets, 253 opportunities. With his explosiveness and that scheme, I don't think he's going to need too much more than that to get uh, to, to have a really, really productive year. Um, I I think he's going to be hyper-efficient. I think he's going to have some long runs. I think he's going to look. I think he's going to look good. Now, realistically, Bijan Robinson, I think, is probably going to be the rookie of the year. But I didn't want to give that answer. I wanted to give something a little bit 
you know, I didn't want to give the easy answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Devin Achain would be my next pick for rookie of the year. Um, well, you have convinced me that that is definitely the worst take you've ever had um, on this show. And I, I, I just, it's going to be cook. And I just don't think enough of Achain that, to think that he can do that. Um, I wrote down so Jordan Addison. So you think they get Dalvin Cook? Yeah, I do. I think Cook goes there. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I mean, may, maybe, maybe. But like I said, I'm right now. I am operating uh, on the under the assumption that he's not going to be there. So, like, I'm just yeah. I don't think he has him. a lot of other options that are uh, that make a lot of sense for him. And I think they're he's from Florida, right? Like I know he went to Florida state. I'm pretty sure they're from this. Uh, they're, they're from the South somewhere. And I'm pretty sure he's from Florida if I remember correctly. So makes, you know, makes sense as a little bit of a coming home party too, as we've talked about it happens more on campus life, but right. um, guys do, do like to go home if they can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll see, but um, I mean, like I said, I, I think, I don't think 50% is an unreasonable uh, ask for, for A-Chain. Again, assuming that they don't get that. Um, if he gets 50% of their, their workload, that's um, 253 opportunities. So carries targets. Um, I mean, that would be like, I have the, like a, the list from stat muse pulled up here in front of me and it doesn't go that deep because you have to have a paywall and it's like locked. But yeah, they did that recently. It sucks. It does, yeah. But their top twenty um, ends at Trent Richardson with three hundred and eighteen. So that's only sixty more. Oh, for rookie years. Yeah, for rookie. I was going to say, I hate to break it to you, buddy. Trent Richardson did not play no. last year. I think you're looking at no, a bad no, no, list. No, no, but no, 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 no. For for rookies, yeah, yeah, for rookies. So, in terms of rookie volume, I think it's going to be really high. Yeah, I wrote on Addison, and I just think it's such an easy transition for him into the wide receiver two role for Minnesota. Uh, Even if he doesn't have it from day one, which I actually think that he will. I think if they go two wide receivers, it'll be him and Thielen out there pretty early in the season or him and yeah, him and Jefferson out there pretty early in the season. And just looking at Thielen's last three years where he's been banged up, hasn't necessarily played every single game and has obviously been slowed a little bit due to those injuries. He's gotten, uh, 108 targets, 95 targets, and 107 targets is the wide receiver, too, in that offense. And that offense has seen an uptick in uh, pass uh, percentage of plays that are passes uh, with the new staff in there. So I think they'll they'll be chucking the ball around a decent amount again this year, especially with no more Dalvin Cook. I do think Hawkinson is a factor there, but not a huge one. And I think, again, I don't think they'll throw the ball to Madison nearly as much as they were throwing it to Cook. So I, that kind of will will balance out in terms of a tertiary target there. So, yeah, I, I realistically expect over the past couple of years, again, like old slow Thielen has had 925, 726, and 716 yards. And he's averaged about 70 receptions on a season. I think uh, uh, Addison can do like 68, 50, and five or six. And I think that'll probably, and I honestly, a thousand yards is really not out of the question, just depending on um, really how prolific Minnesota's offense is. So um, I, I like him a lot there. I think he's a ready made uh, plug in guy. I think his skills already make him versatile enough that 
he can do whatever they need him to do. And I think he'll have a really, really uh, nice year there. I think he might, he might have the best rookie season, like of all the rookies. I know. Cause that last year it was like, did a lot of have a better season statistically than Garrett Wilson? I think, but Wilson won the award or something like that. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Like, I, but I think Addison will have the best statistical season of all of them and then win the award as well. Uh, I, I think Addison's going to have a really good year. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think he's going to be ready made. I think he's going to plug in pretty nicely there. Um, I don't know how good I think Minnesota's going to be this year, which maybe that works in his favor. I was going to say that might even be better. Shit. Yeah. That might work in his favor, might give them more opportunities. Um, but are you, are you of agreement that you, it's pro the answer is probably Bijan, despite the answer both of us gave, so or I do think, you, do you think it will be Jordan Addison ahead of Bijan? The one thing that I think will really hurt Bijan is that I think expectations are way up here and I don't think that offense will be very good. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, no, that's fine. They weren't last yeah, like, year, but Tyler yeah, I, Algier I was, was good. They just don't have Ritter, so I and mean, Ritter stinks. So yeah. I think, um, like, I, I just don't know that offense will be that good, and I think Algier will be just enough of a pain in the ass on that that we don't see like a three hundred and fifty touch Bijan or three hundred fifty opportunity at Bijan. Um, so I think that'll limit him enough. Like, if if the expectations were a little lower for him, then you wouldn't be disappointed. But I think people will be like, oh, well, we just wanted him to do like a little bit more this year. Whereas I think Addison can kind of go in and a late first round guy and produce uh you know reasonably well and and take it even if like at the end of the day someone sits down and does like the i don't know what is it war yeah and like Bijan has like slightly more war or whatever and, and but but addison is statistically slightly more impressive from where we thought he would be so i think that could end up being the a determining factor there for them fair enough so what was the determining factor last year that garrett wilson's quarterback sucked yeah like it's always like a narrative thing like it's not unless one guy it just totally dominates. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay. Breakout player of the year. Uh, who do you think is going to have a breakout year this year? I think it'll be George Pickens at the risk of sounding like a homer. Um, I do think he uh, will see a few more up to a little more of an uptick in targets. I think they'll use him a little more creatively than just basically goes or moving him downfield, which is what they did a lot with him last year. Um, and I think he's athletic enough to make some other things work. So I think, um, I think we'll see a few more pass attempts out of the Steelers as a whole this year. Um, which is why I've been saying, I think I would go by Kenny Pickett, not because I think he's any good, but I just think the volume and he's logged into a job for a few years. Um, but I think, I think Pickens, uh, will end up, uh, I think he hits a thousand yards this year. Uh, I do. I do. I don't know you know, touchdown wise or whatever. Like, I, I don't know if he'll be like a wide receiver one or anything, but I do think he'll uh, at least answer a lot of the questions that people have or, or, or quell some of the doubts that people have about him this year. Okay. I like that call. Actually, the guy I was considering was, was his teammate, Pat Fryermuth. Mm, uh, that's a good one too. Yeah. I think Pat Fryermuth is going to have a really nice year this year. I think he's going to vault himself into the upper echelon of tight ends if he's not already there for people, but he's a tight end. So he's also like one concussion away from being dust. So, uh, which also really, <laughs> really scares me about him. He's had a bunch of them in the past couple of years. He's had, a, he's had his fair share. Yes. Yeah. I, I, he, I don't, he's not quite Tua, but. Or Austin Colley. That's the one yeah. that I always think of. Yeah. Kid, kids say they don't remember Austin Colley. 
Um, but back in the old days where you couldn't go across the middle without getting split in half and Peyton Manning <laughs> just loved leading Austin <laughs> Collie into traffic. I swear to God, they had like a death pool in the office on what when what Austin Collie would die and Peyton had an early date. Man, he hung that dude out the drive all the time. Uh, my breakout player of the year here is Jerry Judy. Uh, he's had a you know a couple of nice years, but I think this is really the year where he takes that jump into the upper echelon. I think he becomes like a wide receiver one this year. Uh, he started to really put it together towards the end of last year. His last five games, um, fantasy points, 33.3, 14.6, 17.7, 10.8, 24.3 over his last five. He had nine, eight, 10, eight, and six targets, averaged 8.2 targets through that stretch. So he and Wilson started to kind of connect down the stretch. Uh, and in comes Sean Payton, who, you know, everybody remembers what Sean Payton did with Drew Brees as he like kind of got older and his arm got weaker and all this like, you know, slant boy slot stuff. And, and, and even early in, um in his career you know marcus colston was a big slot like he was kind of the first big slot guy so he does target the slot a decent amount and jerry judy is probably going to play a little bit more in the slot this year i think than he did last year with tim patrick coming back healthy because they've just been talking him up nonstop. um so I, I think that'll work in his favor a little bit but early on in drew Brees' career uh, Sean Payton wasn't afraid to push the ball downfield a little bit more with him back when he had the arm. Uh, they would use some of those speedier wide receivers. Um, uh, I can't remember that guy. Henderson. What was that one? The guy's name it was so fast for them. Devery. Yeah. Yeah. Devery Henderson. Devery Henderson. Yeah. 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 It would just I chuck it up that for a second. Yeah. So I'm like, glad you came up D, with it. And it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like a comment. Dimitri, yeah. <laughs> D'Angelo. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, like earlier on in, in, in Breeze's career, when he had the arm, he wasn't afraid to push it deep. And then when Drew Breeze would get hurt, you know, he would kind of build it around that quarterback a little bit. So, he, you know, when Taysom Hill was in, he would call some deeper passing plays when Jameis Winston was there and they overlapped for one year in 2021 he pushed the we would push the ball downfield so Peyton's a good offensive mind and he's going to adapt the scheme to his talent and to his quarterback and I think Jerry Judy can fill that Tyler Lockett role where he goes a little bit more downfield for Russell Wilson you know I mean it's not you know, an apples to apples comparison because the scheme will be a little bit different. But like I said, I think he's going to Peyton will have uh, Wilson push the ball downfield a little bit more. He'll, you know, do a little bit more outside of structure. He'll let Wilson be comfortable. And I think Jerry Judy is really going to benefit from that. So I think he takes a jump up into like the wide receiver one tiers this year. And you're not going to get that much argument out of me um, as a lifelong Jerry Judy truther. I think that whole offense, it's just so weird to me that we got one bad bad year out of Russell Wilson mm -hmm. and now it's just Russell Wilson's toast when we literally just saw well when, as soon as they fired the coach Russell Wilson was actually good to end the season mm -hmm. and we literally just saw this play out again like the same thing happened in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence where we were like oh Trevor Lawrence must be crap and they got a real coach and all of a sudden Trevor Lawrence be like good quarterbacks it's really really rare that they just forget how to play football yeah and so then he goes, Gino was solid last year. People point to that. And 
and you know say, well, Russell was was never that good there. I I, I don't buy any of that. I think Russ everything's going to revolve around how much how well he plays, and I think he will be fine. I think they finally got a coach in there that they all respect. Yeah, which I think matters a lot. Like if the team does not respect the coach, I it's really tough to win and have a cohesive just anything going on at all. So I I expect all of those guys to be good this year. Maybe not Cortland Sutton because I've never thought he's good, but um he fooled us on that one year. Yeah. But who who fooled us more in their one that, that one year? Cortland Sutton or Chase Claypool? I'm going to say neither. I wasn't fooled by either of those two guys. I was never the biggest Sutton fan. And then, you know, the only thing I liked about Sutton was I thought it was going to be opportunity. And then they drafted Judy and I was like, well, there it is. So um, I, I had and I was Claypool never a big Claypool guy. I had him as like the 24th ranked wide receiver in his class coming out or something. And after his rookie year, I was like, wow, I was really wrong. Like the guy actually learned how to play football. And now he did not learn how to play football at all. Uh, so he, he he did fool me a little bit. Not that I went out and was massively acquiring him places, but I definitely was like, oh, this guy, I think he actually like could maybe be a lot better than I thought he was. But no, no. Yeah. Um, all right. And last one, bust of the year. Um, I've been going first for, we've been, we've been kind of going back and forth here. So I'll go first on mine. Um, my bust that I have is Christian Watson. And I was never really the biggest Christian Watson fan. I thought he was more athlete than receiver. He's kind of big, he's fast. And it, I mean, wins and contested catches. Okay. He can win downfield, but he's not very refined. I, I didn't see a lot last year that really changed my mind on that. I mean, he did start to play better towards the end of the year. Um, but uh, his target share started to trend up towards the end of the year. His, his last couple games, you know, he averaged he had like eight, six targets in that stretch. So he trended in the right direction towards the end of the year, but he still never really impressed me all that much. And I think that the transition to Jordan Love is not going to go well. I am not a Jordan Love believer. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. I think Green Bay is really going to struggle this year. Uh, and I, I, I think that anybody who's hyping up Christian Watson and is buying Christian Watson right now is going to be disappointed. Uh, and I don't think it's entirely his fault. Like I said, I'm not a big um, Jordan Love guy, but I'm also not a big Christian Watson fan at this point in time either. I think he's got a lot of things that you you like about his game, um, but he also has a lot to to continue to improve. I mean, he was you know, came up from the FCS level, so he, he was never really that technically refined. He won on his athleticism and. If he can get there technically, then great. I'm happy to be wrong about it, but I don't think he takes that step this year. And again, Jordan Love, not a believer. Yeah, we talked earlier about how Josh Allen kind of made that big stride, and we were like, we've never really seen anybody do it before him, and we've never really seen anybody do it since. Jordan Love's jump would actually, I believe, have to be bigger, if I remember yeah. correctly, if you go um, – Hey, I had love graded significantly worse, but even if you go look at stuff like QBR and EPA per play and all of those kinds of things, I think even though um, Josh Allen did not appear favorably in any of those metrics, uh, Jordan Love was actually worse in a lot of them, uh, as was Malik Willis. Um, so, you know, there was there was a, a very easy call there. 
Um, so yeah, I'm pretty skeptical on love, but I do like, is there not this nagging part of like the 2% of your brain in the back of your head? That's like, what if Jordan love is good this year? Like, do you, do you have that thought ever? No, I actually don't. I have Jordan love in a couple of places and I'm looking to offload him for pretty much anything I can get. Uh, because I don't, I think he's going to be bad. They like, I, I do too. And stuff. I, but like, I do too, but I like there is just like two percent of me that's like, what if he's actually good? But yeah, I I don't think he is. It's just I don't I don't know. I can't explain it. That's fair. You have you have some doubts. Some of us, you know, not as confident. Um, <laughs> me out here. If you don't know what you're I doing, you're just not as confident. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I exude confidence. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Um. So I. I did not put mine on the sheet here because I really had to think on it for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to be Tony Pollard. I considered him. I'm shocked that he's um, going so early, especially in the best ball stuff. I I don't play any. I can't play underdog in PA. So um, I'm pretty sure I can't play any of it. Uh uh, we, I, I can play under- some of it, but I can't yeah. play the, the pick them stuff. Maybe that yes. might be what, so yeah. I, like, I just don't use the app cause I can't yeah. use the stuff. You can do I like the best, on it. you can do like the best ball stuff. Oh, okay. That sounds right. That. Yeah. that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, but I, Pollard's apparently going like in like the early mid second or something of, of best balls according to BPA. And that just seems crazy to me because he had that fractured fibula mm-hmm. in at the end of the year, like the, in the playoffs. And we've seen like, you know, Dak had that awful injury that was like that, and he really struggled to move. And he was a quarterback. And you're asking a sub 205 ish pound running back to come back from that injury and carry a full workload. I just think he's going to be a major disappointment this year because I just, I, I think he's a year away. Kind of like how I've said a lot on the show. I think Trey Lance is still a year away. Like, even if your body physically is fine the mental part of can I cut this hard on this leg? Can I go, can I run through that contact as hard as I want to with this leg? I think it's a, a major factor that we like, it happens. And then players say like, yeah, it took me a year to come back because I just, you know, I mentally wasn't there. And then people are like, well, that makes total sense. And then it happens to the next guy and nobody factors it in at all. And I, I know we can't, we can't know, if he's mentally there or not. So that's why people are just, you know, betting on him. But I, I, I do not want to bet on Tony Pollard this year. I, I'm, I don't, I, I don't see, honestly, I think he deals with other kind of soft injuries this year as he kind of makes his way back. If, if I had to guess that that's my prediction, not that I want to predict injury. I think that's kind of lame, but I, yeah. I, I just think he struggles this year. I, like I said, I considered Tony Pollard um, and, and putting him my, and I think, at cost, I think he could potentially be the biggest bust of the year. But I, I, there's just nobody else really there in that backfield. So I think he's going to have the opportunity. So I, I think, you know, maybe he's not a mid-second round guy, and I think that's way too rich. Um, but I think he will end up still being like an RB2. So he's like the type of guy that you'll draft highly and – you won't love the production, but it also won't sink you. But like I said, cost wise, I could see that being the biggest bust. I just, I think he'll have a decent year. Uh, how, what's de- defined decent? Like, where do you think he finishes this year? Uh, in terms of range. like, in terms of like fantasy production. 
yeah like or is he you know a, a back end rb1 or like or what, what kind of range are you expecting him to finish in um i i think i could see him finishing in like the 18 to 20 range okay like a mid-tier rb2 that seems fair you know that that's they don't have anything else there expecting. which is that's, kind of the you know yeah that's kind of what i'm saying like, I, they just don't have anything else there so as long as he's healthy like he'll get some he'll get work and volume if you if you're a running back and you stay healthy and you get volume it's not that difficult to be a mid rb2 yeah i think that's fair all right well that does it for our predictions just a quick recap uh super bowl winner austin said philly i said buffalo mvp austin's still on the patrick mahomes train i paired mine and said josh allen rookie of the year Jordan Addison for Austin. I said Devin Achain, which apparently is maybe my worst take ever on Canton Bound. Um, I'm not going to restrict it to campus uh, to, to all shows because um, you have said that before. So maybe just on Canton Bound. Breakout player of the year. Austin says George Pickens. I say Jerry Judy. Bust of the year. Austin says Tony Pollard. I say Christian Watson. All right. Last thing before we get everybody out of here before we wrap up your final canton bound show ever austin's parting wisdom you've been playing fantasy football for over a decade now how long do you say you've been playing it for since like 2008 2009 ish i've been playing fantasy like redraft since sixth grade so oh, okay how old are you when you're in sixth grade i guess 12 <laughs> so it would have been like 2004 2004 2005 and I, that actually tracks because yeah that tracks that sounds about right yeah okay. and i think i was it's I, been almost 20 years fantasy baseball might have been first i don't remember but really just a little known fact about me i was actually a really into like dynasty fantasy baseball was like my first love wow. it's so much it's so much it is it is uh, so uh, almost been playing fantasy football for 20 years started in redraft moved to dynasty Debbie, now you're in C2C. Now you're into recruiting and, and all this other kind of stuff. Kept going down the rabbit hole. We got a wealth of experience here. What is your biggest piece of fantasy advice to anybody? And I say take this in any direction that you want. Dynasty, Debbie, C2C, draft, redraft, just you know, casual strategy, whatever direction you want to go. Well, thank you for asking, Colin. I know that uh, everyone's been waiting uh, a long time to hear what I have to say here, and I'm glad that I get the final word uh, on my last Canton Bound uh, show. And just to stress, I will still be here for Campus Life, so Colin and I uh, will still be uh, kicking it around on at least this show in the off season, and then we also do uh, plenty of shows together in season as well. So I don't have any real fantasy advice, but I do have um, just a statement if you will to say to the public on the way out the door Ahem. what started as a fun idea we'd kick around at get togethers the campus to canton podcast officially launched to a whopping six downloads on december 14th 2020 at the time neither colin nor i expected to get to episode 106 of this show or to total over 250 shows between campus life and canton bound and honestly, I doubt we'd have reached these milestones without teaming up with the others. First, Matt Bruning and Felix Sharp, 
then Jarek Backus and Albert Fernandez, and shortly after, Matt Fox, Chris Moxley, and Dwight Peebles. That was the OG group here at C2C, a group that we hired with a pitch that was essentially, we can't pay you today, but we think this could be pretty cool, and we should be able to in a few months. And by the end of June 2021, we could. I don't have any nuggets of fantasy wisdom as I walk out the door, and you're not getting rid of me that easily anyway. But I do have a message for those who have wondered, could I start a podcast or could I create content that someone finds meaningful in some way? The answer, quite simply, is yes. You just need to get started. Go back and listen to our first episode of this show. Again, six downloads in the first week, I believe, is what we got. And one of them was probably like some, like one of our dads or something to make us feel better. Uh, the show is bad. Like, it's bad. We tell people, Colin... Not yeah. to go back and listen to I was just going to say, don't. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was going to say, don't go back and listen. No, it's do not. not Seriously. I mean, it's, it's, if you just want to hear what we initially sounded like to get an idea, I mean, it's bad. The mic yeah. quality is really, really poor. There's like, we, we were friends before this, but we didn't have any chemistry in terms of bouncing things off each other and kind of mm-hmm. maintaining a 90 minute conversation, which is definitely a learned skill. It's not something that a yeah. lot of people, you, you can just kind of do, uh, fill that empty space. And I, we definitely, hadn't found our voices yet either no. I, I, I read off of that first show sheet like did. i typed paragraphs on there. i i had about eight six podcast shows of experience from debbie debate which technically kicked off first before this show um but it was originally its own feed and everything for for people that don't know that stuff so i had like the most minimal amount so i originally actually hosted both shows mm-hmm. colin did not host either show i did all the mm-hmm. show sheets and stuff um so um, Those were the we, days. We, we've definitely come quite a ways in, you know, the almost three years since then. Um, a, a little known fact, I actually also wrote my first ever articles for 32 beat writers. A lot of people do not know that. Uh, and they weren't particularly great either. They were fine. And maybe I haven't really improved that much since those days, although I think I would argue that I have. But I don't blink at all when I sit down to do a show because I just have so many reps at this point. It's made it so much easier for me. And I know Colin feels exactly the same way. He's not reading that sheet anymore. Our hope here at Campus to Canton is that we can push the college formats that we love into the mainstream fantasy arena. And we cannot do that unless more writers, podcasters, and rankers show up to add voices and perspectives to the mix, even if they're ones that we don't agree with. For those who think that's a possibility, always feel like you can reach out to me, even if it's small questions like, What software do you use to edit your podcasts? Or how do I plan a content schedule? I've earned my reputation as the grump of Debbie. I would not dispute that. But I'm more than happy to lend a helping hand to someone who wants to try their hand at this. Truly, 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 truly. And lastly, I want to give a shout out to my buddy Colin. Although I often razz him across the many shows on the Campus to Canton podcast feed, I truly don't believe I'd have made it 250 episodes deep with anybody else. The initial concept of this show was a show dedicated to each half of the Campus to Canton format with the same set of voices on each side so that we could kind of break the entire process down for you. And now as we've made it this far, I realize that you no longer need me and maybe you don't need Colin either. Hell if I know. (laughs) But leaving half of this show was definitely not an easy decision. And it certainly isn't because I wanted to get away from the true originator of campus to canton.com. So with that, I sign off on my final actual episode of Canton Bound. I will see you guys on Campus Life next week. 
that was that was beautiful. We have I have no other remarks. Colin's we'll crying end. in the club over here. I can see. We'll it. end it. Yeah, we'll end it on that. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure, and we will still keep campus life going for the last time. As always, I'm Colin, and this is Austin. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life